it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to a blowout, but like kind of not edition of SSPN. <laughs> I don't know how to open this one, Ethan. Um, To be honest, I really didn't get mad about this one because very early on, I kind of accepted inside mm-hmm. myself that I felt like we were going to lose this one. And then Ma- Sandro Mamu Kelishvili came in and changed everything. Uh, and we were able to cut it to single digits, which still, in the grand scheme of things, um, like I feel a lot better talking about this game because they showed some fight and got back in it. We'll get okay. into Mamu and and the impact we saw from him, which was very similar to the late season uh, Nuggets game from March of last year when he came in and gave Jokic buckets and actually led us to a victory. Unfortunately, that did not happen tonight, but without his impact, uh, we would not have been able to get back into the game like we did, Ethan. But like I said, even though there did end up being somewhat of a chance for the Spurs to actually get a win tonight uh, with the way that the game went, it still kind of feels like a blowout overall because after we subbed Mamu out, uh, the the Jazz just did their thing and played the way that they'd been playing earlier in the game. Um, there were some dagger threes from Laurie, Jordan Clarkson, um, Really, they just got back to what built them the 20-point lead in the first place where they were blowing us out, you know, for the majority of the game um, after we subbed him out. So that was really my overall thoughts on this one, Ethan. What were yours before we get in the game flow? It wasn't pretty. I didn't enjoy myself. <laughs> even even if the run that Mamu kind of led had worked out in our favor, if we had won the game, it would have been a stolen victory. We definitely did not deserve to be within, I think we got it down to what, eight points, maybe, nine. maybe nine, nine points at the most, uh, with Mamu helping us out at the forefront of that run, obviously. But uh, this was all about the Jazz, and we just dug the biggest hole we possibly could and could not scratch ourselves out of it. I'm talking turnovers, I'm talking low energy play, I'm talking missed threes, wide open threes, and, and a poor a poor game from the free throw line. Um, just, just everything that we could possibly do wrong, <laughs> we did it in those first two quarters. So there, there was no chance we were going to win this game. Yeah, on top of that, another storyline, if you will. I'm sure he'll be back mm. very soon. But Keldon Johnson did get yeah. benched tonight after giving up that and one three to Laurie. I missed that possession a little bit, but it seems like he was a little slow, maybe a little bit, I, I hate to say lazy, mm-hmm. um, but you know, not as locked in as he should have been um on defense there on that play because immediately after he got subbed out pop went up to him and they started to have a conversation so um i know look look kelvin johnson's the only one who's came into contact with sspn so i kind of i kind of feel bad and now uh, even more than before because i always loved his personality but now Mm -hmm. i'm like man i i feel bad saying that he's the only one who you know yeah it it, it, it didn't feel (laughs) like like too much i'm just no, I know what you're saying. I know I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Um, but it, it didn't feel like a lazy defensive play. It felt like a frustration play. 
because like he couldn't fight over the screen. He was trying, so he literally just pushed Chris Dunn out of the way. And when you when he pushed Chris Dunn, that's when his momentum took him forward into Laurie and basically shoulder checked him at the side. And then Laurie drained the three, and then he got benched. Um, and he looked a little, you know, frustrated when he was sitting there. And Pop came up to him. I don't. I couldn't read his lips. I don't know what he said back. But it was one of those moments that felt like where you're like, you know, you did something wrong. And then the coach is coming up to reiterate that same point. So he said something back to Pop, and I, you know, he was pretty much out of the game for the. I think he didn't come back in the game after that. So. Thank you for clearing that up for me because I yeah, didn't have full eyes on that possession. So there you go. I did read his lips a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and he was just like, I was trying to do this. I don't know what he mm-hmm. said after that because the camera cut, but you know, he was kind of trying to explain himself a little bit. But after that, he was clapping the entire time on the bench, was vocal, you know, even when other guys on the bench weren't. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that like they were being bad teammates. I'm just saying like he was trying to contribute you know, despite being benched, you know what I mean? And that's really in that situation, all you can really ask for, at least he had a good attitude about it, but um, I'm not completely mad about it. um, Just because, you know, you gotta, you gotta start sending messages to, to some of these guys at some point. Um, And, you know, with him being one of the elder guys on the team that the eldest in terms of being on the teams, the team, the longest, I know he's not the oldest player on the team, but the longest tenured spur. Mm. Um, I, you know, I understand if, if pop felt like it was justified, then I roll with it. So. Agreed. Agreed. All righty. Let's get into the game flow of this one. Then Ethan and Vainstain, I just saw your comment. You might've just came in here. You said, what happened to Keldon? We kind of just talked about that. So if you want to just rewind like 30 seconds, um, we went over it, but Ethan, now it is time to get into this game flow. Um, there's not really too much to talk about. Obviously we can talk about the box score a little bit because Devin and Wemby did end up having pretty solid games. But as you can see, I mean, there's some numbers in there, like with Malachi and Zach, but really the only other stats when I look at this box score, Ethan, that I think are significant, you could say Trey a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. He played a solid game tonight. He shot really well, too. I was like, can he just shoot in Utah? Like the threes he made tonight were swishes all on the left side. They looked really good. I'm not, you know, with his prior history, I'm not expecting that to be a common trend. Um, but we'll see. Maybe maybe that is a sign that he's getting better. But we've also seen other games where he's went three for three and then we have a long cold stretch. But I, I will say that was like the best that I've seen his three-point shot look just in release the way it went through the basket and going three for four tonight from there. But mm-hmm. before I was saying that, Ethan, I was going to say that really – Mamu are the only that's that's the only stat line that I look at this and really put a lot of stock into it obviously not a great game from Jeremy I see that offensively um but there were a lot of things that the Jazz were doing tonight on top of the fact that they have a way more size than us like they're bringing Walker Kessler off the bench and then they're starting John Collins and Laurie not necessarily you know you don't want to that's not an excuse like Jeremy still got beat tonight but he's also 20 well walkers in his second year too so no really excuse there but it's just a tough matchup for the mm-hmm. spurs and, and and this team is just even though they're a play-in kind of fringe team they're still significantly ahead of us um whenever it comes to the amount of talent that they have on their roster as well as experience um and also just where they're at in their rebuild as well 
And that was another thing that we really noticed tonight. I don't want to get too into everything, but this will be the last thing I'll say on the jazz before I dish it to you, Ethan, is Mm. they had Bryce Sensabaugh and Taylor Hendricks out there. I know Taylor Hendricks ended up fouling out, but we saw him make a lot of good plays. We saw Bryce Sensabaugh get some buckets as well. And after they made their moves at the deadline, moving some of their other rotation players, you can see kind of what uh, former Spur Will Hardy is trying to build out there Mm. with those guys kind of around Laurie um, and, and Colin Sexton. Yeah, the Jazz have a lot of versatile size, which is what I think got us. Like, they're not just big, lumbering dudes. Maybe Walker Kessler, you can make the argument, but everyone else is just tall, lanky, strong, and fast. So they were able to get out and transition, play really good defense, and just had a lot more physicality and energy start to finish of the game. They were getting into our guys, knocking the ball loose, fighting for extra possessions. Colin Sexton is a dog. Like, he bothers me when he's on the other team, but if he was on our team, I would love him because he plays with just 110% energy the entire time. And he's not one of the guys that had, like, a tremendous game statistically, uh, but he definitely helped them kind of push the pace against us and take advantage of a young team's poor transition offense and lack of focus. Uh, So I think that's really where the Spurs got and then on top of what Vane's staying, the altitude, like, I don't know how much of an effect that has because I've never played a basketball game in Utah, but it definitely looked like they came out with a lot of energy, like the Spurs. That's my first note about the first quarter is we looked great on that 6-2 to two run to start the game. And then about midway through, our, like Sean was talking about it, our guys had our hands on our knees, um, kind of breathing a little bit harder than normal. And that's when Utah started running in transition and basically ran us off the court. And we weren't able to find that momentum until the third quarter with Mamu. Yeah, that was such a good point. I'm glad Vainstein brought that up because that was something that I texted you like in the first quarter when they went on that counter run that we'll get into here in a second. It was a giant counter run. I'll read the yep. numbers. Like I said, when we get into the game flow. Um, but I just was like, okay, now we're down and we're in Utah with this altitude, like we're not going to be, we're not going to have the legs that we normally do. I, uh, I, there was one trip that I took to as a little kid because my uncle had a timeshare right outside Mm -hmm. of Salt Lake. And I can tell you, dude, I can notice it. I noticed it immediately. And there's even like, like I wore these little bands as a kid and it was like, they were supposed to help with like altitude sickness. And it was like, they're like around like my wrists. Anyways, like I've never done that before. And it was like, I think now that I'm remembering, I think I might have went on like a Boy Scout trip or something. No, that was Colorado. But still, that's altitude also. And um, I lived in Colorado also for about a year and a half when I was younger. And it definitely does. Like if you're not used to it and you're from Texas, for example, that's where you mainly play your games and live. um, It's going to make a difference on top of it being Wemby's first time to experience that. Now, with that being said, he still had a really solid game. And and so did Devin. I know some of it is empty stats, you know, with just the way that the game went, but I don't want to take away what they did either because if they don't play the way that they do, then the Mamu run, if you want to call it that, doesn't even matter. Mm. So, and still, I mean, Wimby had five blocks again tonight. Like, I'm not going to take that away from him. Devin had three as well. I liked his effort um, Mm -hmm. out there. I know you mentioned that overall the team, you know, the intensity was not there. I did see that from Devin kind of throughout You're tonight's game. Right. And he had nine boards as well as five assists tonight, uh, shot efficiently as well. So those two, once again, as the theme continues throughout the season, those are really, you know, our two our two guys mm-hmm. right now. Those are our two kind of franchise 
pieces, if you will, at least when it comes to scoring. Yeah, their duo, their chemistry together is really building. And everything negative that I'll say about this game when we get to the game flow pretty much exclude Victor Wimbanyama, Devin Vassell, and Sandro Mamakalashvili. Like they played, those three guys played phenomenally. And even Wemby and Devin, they benefited from Mamu being on the floor, offensively and defensively. Like Mamu made a lot of key stops and he was able to be that glue guy to make the extra pass. Um, and play like two-man game with both of those guys, Devin and Wemby. Like they're the reason that we were able to go on that run. And Devin's leadership, being a vocal leader, was definitely um, on display tonight. As far as just yelling at guys to get back on defense, put telling them to push the pace, and communicating with Pop a lot. Like that's usually something you see him do with Trey Jones or even Keldon. Tonight it was Devin. He was going back and forth from from Pop in the court during timeouts and during free throws. So. Um, definitely excited to see kind of what he's able to bring moving forward from a leadership perspective. Absolutely. We'll get into the game flow now. Um, you want to start this or? Sure, I can go ahead. Um, defense turns into offense is my first note. That 6-2 run was solid. Uh, the focus was attacking the paint. Devin had a nice poster over like three guys. And then Wemby, that was right after the Wemby block, I believe, which was crazy. Um, trying to push the pace. Trey defending well on Keontae George. What's getting the? I said, what's allowing the Jazz to get back into the game? Silly turnovers. Um, and then Jazz defense giving us issues in the half court. I wrote, "Are we gassed?" Question mark because the energy definitely took a dip midway through this first quarter. Um, and then I said, "We lost all energy. Our Jazz are being physical. They're running us out of the gym." Trey airballs a three on a two for one opportunity at the end of the quarter. And at that moment, we were one for seven as a team from deep. That's with 30 seconds left in the game. Um, So obviously the Utah Jazz were hitting their shots. We were not. However, one one little bright spot at the end of this first quarter, Jude, Zach Collins hit the last three of the quarter for us. One of two threes, actually, Mm -hmm. from him tonight. Yeah. I could read all of my notes, Ethan, but really the bottom line for us is kind of what you mentioned, those turnovers. I wrote down turnover fest for us mm-hmm. about the six minute mark. And that at the end of the day, that's really that's really what killed us. We had six turnovers with two minutes and 25 seconds left. And the Jazz already had nine points off of those turnovers. Because we're talking about this, I'm going to go ahead and pull up the team stats here. Because I'm just curious what their, you know, end of night totals ended up being on those numbers. So where are points off turnovers? Well, we had 34 points off turnovers. Uh well, look at their fast break points. That's 28 to 16 in favor of the Utah. And we had three more turnovers. Maybe we That's did get better. That feels like it's flipped. I feel like they got it wrong. Well, I think maybe <laughs> maybe that's from when Mamu came in and we had some stops and we were getting out in transition, but you're right. When you say that they were getting a lot of easy baskets off of silly mistakes made by us. Yeah. And we still had 20 turnovers to their 17 as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that point didn't go as well as I thought it would, Ethan, but still, if you watch this game, you know that turnovers were definitely a big issue for us tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other huge thing in this first quarter, Ethan, so we had that 6-2 start, right? Mm-hmm. It was a 30-11 to run after that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Once we took out Wemby, like that's a that's been a common theme for this team is we have dips, but that's why I mentioned the size earlier because they left in Walker Kessler and or not left in, excuse me. They subbed in Walker Kessler and left in Laurie. Mm-hmm. So basically the second half of that first quarter, that was the front court that we were facing and it's basically Zach and Chetty going up against that. <sighs> And then plus you have Taylor Hendricks, who's basically a four that's playing the three for them. Like, and he he's a guy that we were both high on. Like, I remember doing our yes. draft files. We were like, if we have like the third or fourth pick, I consider taking Taylor Hendricks instead of Jarris Walker. Like, that was an actual conversation that we had. And it, it, if who's you, still in the G League? Jarris Walker. You're right. And Taylor Hendricks didn't have a, like a phenomenal game statistically, like one for five from three, but he's like their version of Jeremy right now. Um, but maybe with a little bit more athleticism, honestly. And, and shooting ability. <laughs> yeah, way, way more raw. But um, that's saying something considering Jeremy's still raw. But just kind of similar role for them. But he's not needed to score as much as we need Jeremy to score, obviously, because we don't have as many weapons. Absolutely. So when, when we took Wemby out, Laurie and Walker Kessler. Well, and when I say Walker Kessler, I mean him just being next to Laurie opened up a lot more things for Laurie. Mm-hmm. And Laurie was already going to be able to dominate in a matchup against Zach or Shetty Osman. Um, so that was the other thing I had written down at the end. Laurie was mm-hmm. dominating late in that quarter. We also wasted a challenge in the first quarter. We did. That was just obvious. Like after mm-hmm. I saw the replay, I was very surprised because normally whenever we go for challenges there's somebody in the back like one of our coaches in the second row and he'll like look at the replay and then tell pop if it's good Mm. i think pop just kind of impulsively did it um and (laughs) it kind of wasted it later and it sucks because later on even though the game was out of reach even in this scenario this was before the mom who run but julian got a block on colin sexton i believe and we weren't able to challenge that and it was obviously all ball so that Mm -hmm. did come back to bite us for sure. And one last note I forgot to mention about the first quarter. Wemby actually played till like the 340 mark-ish, which I think is like the longest he's played in a first quarter span. But the first two subs uh, were Keldon and Blake, who actually came in replacing Julian and Trey, which I think that's the first time that's been the first sub is those two guys together. So I thought that was interesting. I agree. Yeah, no, I, I noticed that lineup as well because I think it was – Blake, Devin, Keldon, Jeremy, and Victor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely pop toying with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I don't want to speculate completely. I think the reason was completely justified, and I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not pop, not on the team. But I think that benching, benching Keldon, and then we end up seeing Mamu later, I think pop did want to give Mamu a look. Like, I think that is something that at some point this season – he wanted to do and maybe because he didn't get subbed in until later you know and the game was also out of reach as well that wasn't necessarily 
in the plans, I guess, you know, when he first benched Keldon. Mm -hmm. But I think that is something that we, it was nice that we got, it's just something we got to see because of that benching. Pop's notorious for that, right? Like that's like part of the reason he's the greatest coach of all time is like, we're down by 20. He's like, screw it. Let's put in some random guy at the very bottom of the bench. And that random guy leads a comeback. Like I think the first one I think of is Steve Kerr in the conference finals against the Mavericks when he was like 37 we were losing. He was like, screw it. Steve Kerr, you're in. And then Steve Kerr hit like four threes in a row and brought us back. And we ended up winning that game, going to the finals. So it's like those moments, that's what makes him such a great coach. I'm just happy. It, it, it just sucks that it wasn't able to lead to a win, um, but still it had the right effect. Right. And and like we said, Mamu got his win against Jokic last year in March. Like that's two of those moments. Dude, thinking thinking back on that, like that's the future like champions. And it was in March. Like it wasn't even like, you know, we caught him early in the season. It was just Mm -hmm. Mamu came in and got the job done. But I think that Robert Ball has a good uh, analysis of the first quarter here also, Ethan. He says, story of the first quarter, the Spurs shared the ball with everyone, even Mm -hmm. the Jazz. Well said, Robert. But let's move into that second quarter, Ethan. I'll start this one. To be honest, after the first quarter, a lot of my notes were just kind of keeping track, like how much we were down. Did we cut in a little bit? Okay, now we're down again, but I'll just read you what I wrote. More of the same to start, mm-hmm. referring to the 30-11 to 11 run. Then we officially went down 20 with 9 minutes and 19 seconds left. I think we cut into it a little bit, but then went back down to 21 with seven minutes left. Um, I wrote down getting clapped because that's the only way I could describe it. Um, let's see. What are some other important things? Hendricks and Sensabaugh. Malachi was making shots. I'm just writing down things that I saw. He did mm-hmm. make some shots there. That's why I had 14 tonight. Devin does have the intensity tonight, despite the team's poor execution. That's what I kind of alluded to earlier. And then we were still down 22 with four minutes left. And we lost this quarter. Even though we lost the first quarter by more, 32 to 18, this really felt like the worst quarter of the game to me. And maybe there were some other turnovers from the Jazz in this quarter that kind of allowed us to get some fast breaks that made it only a 10-point loss. But looking back on this game, Ethan, when I was watching it, I felt like this was the ugliest quarter of the game. And maybe that's just, sorry to interrupt you. Maybe that's just because the first quarter was, you know, we had like the 6-2 start. That's exactly what I was about to say. There was one bright moment in that first quarter, and there was pretty much zero bright moments in the second quarter. Um, I wrote down a lot of the same stuff. My first note was overall, same exact problems as the first quarter. Um, But I did have a couple positives just just to change things up a little bit. I'm liking Malachi's approach. He's getting to his spots. He knocked down his two of his first three shots. Um, and something that I noticed the past few games is he really hasn't been getting to his spots like he was last season. He feels kind of out of rhythm. Um, felt like he kind of found that rhythm a little bit tonight. Five for 12, so not great efficiency, but he did have 14 points and at least is is moving kind of the similar fashion that he was last year when he was playing better. Um, Blake not scoring but still felt like he was operating well as a point guard. Guys just weren't hitting their shots. He had five assists, but he should have had a lot more. Guys were missing wide open threes. And he's really developed that Steve Nash way of keeping his dribble alive. 
and running in circles basically in the restricted section until he's able to find a wide open shooter. And he continues to impress me with the way that his vision has grown. Uh, how many turnovers did he have? Zero turnovers from Blake Wesley. I will continue to love that statistic because that's really what his main issue was. Last year as a rookie was decision-making. That has improved greatly. Um, and then the last thing I wrote, Devin DeWemby Lob, they're trying, but we can't get it. And that's why we open this up by talking about how we're kind of excluding mm-hmm. Mamu, Devin, and Wemby whenever it comes to all the criticisms tonight. The other thing that I had written down that kind of ties into what you just talked about with Malachi, um, I finally got the Spurs broadcast, mm-hmm. and Bill and Sean were talking about how Pop said they sent a message to Malachi like a couple games ago, or, or maybe it was the most recent game. And so that's just something to keep an eye on. And that's kind of another thing that ties into Keldon getting benched. Like it seems like at this point in the season, now that we're approaching March, we're after the all-star break, like we just mentioned in the last podcast that we did. Um, And they're holding guys, you know, it seems like they're holding, they're pushing the standard a little Mm -hmm. bit up. Obviously it's not giantly high. We're 11 and 47. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not, not trying to misconstrue what I'm saying here. But those are things they're they're getting on them more, you know, mm-hmm. at this point of the season, as opposed to earlier in the year. Does that make sense? Yeah, they're they're raising the bar. There's not as many excuses. It's time to send some messages, and I think that message was actually sent back when they benched him. Uh, and the message was basically, he's too lackadaisical. I listened to the pop press conference where he talked about it. They told him you're you're too lackadaisical on both ends of the court. So they stopped playing him for a little bit. Now he's back in the rotation after the Doug trade. Um, and I think he's he's taken a little bit of a turn. Uh, he's still not where he should be, right? but it's a movement in the right direction. Thank you for summing that up because as soon as I saw that, I was like, I need to be listening to more mm-hmm. pop pressers. It's just when I go and look at the pop pressers, I see they're like a minute most yeah, of the time. Yeah, they're always so short. <laughs> and I'm just like, is there, I feel like I can find like the important stuff on Twitter because mm. <laughs> they're so short. They're and usually so- it's it's quotes from Tom Orsborne from the San Antonio News Express. He mm-hmm. usually tweets out the good stuff. So that's usually what I check. But thank you for uh, summarizing that because I was intrigued after I heard Sean and Bill talk about that. Mm-hmm. You want to give your third quarter notes? Sure. Um, 10 to 6 start, playing with more urgency. Devin playing with great energy. Two threes from Trey Jones, like you said earlier, both looked very good. Um, Devin had a block followed by a putback. And when he blocked that shot, he said, my favorite quote in basketball history, give me that, uh. Y'all know what I mean by uh. He said uh, it a couple times tonight. Yeah, I mean, he he's improved as a come-from-behind shot blocker. Look at a little bit like LeBron James. Uh, arguably one of the best players of all time. Anyway, um, we keep fouling on drives is what I put. We can't, we can't like every time they drive in, it's going to be a foul. Usually on my guy, Zach. All right. He only had two, but he had a couple just like reach down throughout the season though. Yeah. It's been a problem for, you know, since game one, but Mamu and Zach actually balling. LOL was my next note. Mamu Kelajvili came in and was immediately an energizer bunny made the right extra pass. He's just a smart player. And, and Sean continued to harp on, like he just makes the right decision. He's always in the right spot. And he kind of gave, I don't don't know what it was, the confidence, the energy, whatever it was needed to kind of propel us on a little bit of a run there in the third quarter. However, turnovers are still biting us in the back. Um, 
Blake continues to facilitate well. And then we gave up a lob to end the quarter to Mr. Uh, Walker Kessler. So it, it was definitely a better quarter, but not perfect. And we needed to make some stops. Obviously, we didn't. Yeah, actually won this quarter 35 to 30. So that's been a storyline all season. Not as much as of late. You know, when we were like losing, we'd lost like every third quarter for like forever earlier yeah. in the beginning of the season. Uh, but still, with the way that the first half had gone, that was that was a big response. And you got to give them credit for at least winning a quarter tonight um, in, a, in a game that was a blowout for the most part. Yep. I I had a lot of the stuff that that you had written down, like the tray threes, the the Devin block. We actually did cut it to 15 at one point um, before Mamu even got subbed in. But then John Collins immediately got an and one. Mm-hmm. And then they were back up to 21 by six minutes left in the quarter. We got it down to 19 with five minutes. Then they got back up to 21 with 336. We were five of 12 of from the free throw line at the three minute and 15 second mark in the third quarter. We'll go back and look at those. Well, no, we actually got those right in front of us. We're technically finished 12 of 19, but as y'all can tell, five of seven. So we made every free throw after that to finish the game. Mm. But still that start, Ethan, like I mentioned that we cut it to 15 earlier. If we had made every free throw to that point, that would have been cut to seven. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, looking at this, it really was just like the first half. We were absolutely terrible. Like I said at the beginning, we said we dug a hole that was just way too big with every possible mistake you could make. All those turnovers, man, like we mentioned. Hmm. The other thing I have written down, you already kind of talked about it, but Mamu came in at at 313 and he came in and did positive things, man. Like you said, you weren't sure how to describe it. I think it was just with the way that the game had been going, him coming in and playing hard with the bench unit. Mm -hmm. um, I think that just kind of gave him an extra boost. Like when they saw him making plays, that kind of, you know, upped everybody else's intensity on the floor. They were inspired by it. I'm pretty sure in the third quarter he had like six, two, and two, like <laughs> within five minutes of coming in. So like he was immediately a spark plug. I was texting a, a, a group chat, a Spurs group chat, and somebody said he has a point for every minute he's been in. <laughs> and you just said he was only five and he had six. So that's actually a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't double check that, but I don't I know if that's it. right either, but yeah. it, was, it was something like that. <laughs> that was the type of type of uh, impact he had. We got it down to 15, but the last thing I had written down was can't get a stop. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's referring to that lob, like you mentioned, that kind of took away all the momentum again and made me think, okay, there's now they're about to go on their run again. Which, although that was delayed, because I'll jump into my fourth quarter notes here, Ethan, we got it all the way down to nine to start that quarter. I believe both of the two steals from Mamu in this game both came in that fourth quarter. Um, they were one, I think ended up being a turnover from somebody else after he got the steal. 
but the other one, I believe, led to a bucket. I'm blanking a little bit on what happened on both of those, but he read, now I'm remembering a little bit more, it was, he was guarding a three-point shooter in the left corner, and they cut to the basket, and he followed him the whole time and read the pass, had his arm out, got it, and then led the fast break. The other thing... Pass to Lori, yeah. The other, and, and that makes it even more impressive. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, was this in the third or the fourth when we actually had the clear-out possession for him? That was the end of the third. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm going to go back a little bit because I was texting you and I jokingly said, clear out for Mamu. And then we did, and he mm-hmm. got a floater off of pick and roll. But, you know, the, the thing that, that rem- I was reminded of with Mamu in this game, Ethan, and then I'll kind of dish it back to you for the fourth quarter, is how he plays the three for the Georgia mm-hmm. national team. Um, and, and I really liked seeing him next to Wemby at the four. Granted, I mentioned how he did this in the Nuggets game last year, and then we gave him some more minutes, and it wasn't as great. you know. So I don't know if this is going to be a consistent thing for Mamu, but I will say with his performance tonight, I think he, he has earned himself an opportunity at some minutes. Now... You know, I'm thinking about this. Maybe we could throw him out there instead of Shetty from time to time. Both of those guys are on expiring deals also. Mm-hmm. So there's kind well. of the, the thought process of it. Right. And nothing crazy, just like a couple here. To, and, and if we keep seeing, you know, good things with Mamu at the four, because really we've only seen him at the five this season. You know, like mm-hmm. when Zach's got in foul trouble and Barlow's in the G League. So I would really like to see Mamu at the four and – I don't want to get too crazy here because maybe he gets abused defensively if we put him here, but I really wouldn't mind even seeing him at the three in a certain lineup, Ethan, with some of the stuff I saw tonight. Well, if he's playing alongside Keldon, they kind of both are like three, four combos, sort of, kind of. So I I don't hate it. Might as well. I mean, like you said, Chetty's contract is expiring. He didn't necessarily have a phenomenal game. He had four turnovers with only three points in 15 minutes. So Sure. Let, let's give Mamu some minutes, see what he's able to do. I'm not against it. We're 11 and 47. Exactly. If 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 it causes more losses, oh well, the draft odds are higher. Exactly. Let's figure out which guy we're bringing back, Mamu or Chetty. <laughs> this is the big these are the big questions, Ethan. Mm-hmm. This we, is what's going to turn us around. We still have the open roster spot for at least another like well, no, this is February, so this ends March 1st. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the deadline, so that's like four days from now. We'll, we'll see what happens with Marcus Morris. Um, but getting back to the fourth quarter, I wrote down Mamu Masterclass. Great defense from the Georgian. I was mm-hmm. just trying to have some fun with this. We subbed him out, and there was an immediate three from Taylor Hendricks, who was playing the four. So that was just wonderful. Because it was like as soon as we subbed Mamu out, he had made those two defensive plays. We immediately gave up a three to the guy that he was guarding or the position that he Mm -hmm. was guarding. And we couldn't get a stop again. Uh, We had a turnover that allowed them to go up uh, 15 again. And then Pop called a timeout. We did put Mamu back in, but it was already over at that point. Laurie hit a crazy three. And then Jordan Clarkson, I wrote down Jordan Clarkson dagger to go up 113 to 95 in the corner. There was still five minutes left, but they just seized all the momentum again Mm -hmm. and got back to what they were doing in that first half. 
And then the last thing I wrote down, Trey can shoot in Utah, question mark, which I already mentioned, but I mm-hmm. had to mention it again. It's worth mentioning. Next game in Utah, Trey's going to have six threes. Um, I wrote down pretty much the same thing. I, I love. I, I wrote down that I loved Devin being vocal. Spurs are playing with high energy, cut it to 13. Mamu is the glue. Great defense from Manu, timely stops. Um, cut it to 9 in all caps. And then... Great drive and finish from Malachi Branham. A tough finish in transition. I think it was on that steal that you talked about on Laurie, who was cutting baseline that Mamu got um, that led to a Malachi uh, tough layup over John Collins, I think maybe. Um, but it was really nice physical play from him. And then, like you said, they retook the momentum after we subbed out Mamu, and it was wraps. Jazz win. Absolutely, Ethan. I've got just a couple little things that we kind of alluded to earlier. You okay there? Yeah, I don't know why I did that, but it felt right. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, the Spurs kind of got knocked down a peg in this game. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. You know what? I thought to myself, my thighs are sweaty on this chair. And for some reason, the solution was to lower myself. But it... It didn't help. It didn't. I didn't mean to be a jerk there when I no, said no, it, that. It, <laughs> I, but I've been there. I really have. Not like that exact exact situation, but I've been there where like I've thought like, oh, like this is a thought, you know, here's how I can fix it. And then it's like, oh wait, that does nothing to fix it. I'm still sweaty. No. No. I'm just lower now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seriously. Uh Zach Collins. I saw we saw a lot of comments earlier um just talking about him. And I'm not, I know we've, we've, we've been to, we, we talked so much about this whole Barlow thing. I'm not even trying to talk about that. I feel like I do agree that his stat line is misleading tonight. I I'm, I'm kind of surprised. It does make me feel a little bit better about his performance. Like I've got to give him some credit here, but still, I, what were your thoughts on his performance tonight? Cause there was a lot of people talking about it and I do feel like the stat sheet is a little misleading, but it also reminded me that it wasn't as bad as the eye test I guess you could say the first half was really really bad and I think what made it worse is that he he missed four of five free throws Um, but I felt like he played pretty well that third quarter comeback next to Bamu Um, he had some nice moments had a couple nice post moves layups and then the best thing was that he hit two of his three threes and they looked smooth he took a pull-up mid-range jumper from the top of the key banked it in um like he had a couple nice moments, but overall, it definitely didn't feel like a seventeen point eight rebound game. Like that's misleading, but he did shoot it efficiently. Yeah, and and as you're saying that, Ethan, I'm realizing a, probably a lot of that has to do with the second half and playing in garbage time specifically. That's also true. That's also true. He technically didn't have the lowest plus minus tonight. But as much as Jeremy didn't have a great game, you know, mm-hmm. offensively, it wasn't like he forced a ton. And he still did other things, like had a steal and a block, found a way to get some rebounds and assists. I know that's not everything. I'm not trying to say this is a good Jeremy game. But, like, if you notice, like, Zach's one for five from the free throw line, missed ten shots as well. Mm-hmm. I I, I kind of felt like that. that's why his plus minus is where it's at, despite 17, eight, and three. Yeah, uh, Jeremy, just to touch on what you just said, I think his strengths come from being super athletic 
and just being in the right place at the right time, fighting for extra rebounds, getting putbacks, cutting to the basket. And all of those strengths were minimized when he's playing against John Collins, Taylor Hendricks, Lori Barkett, and, and Walker Kessler. Like those are all long athletic guys that can keep up with him and not allow him to do the things that he likes. So he's relegated to just kind of standing along the perimeter. So I mean, defensively, he played pretty okay, I felt like pretty much like a normal Jeremy defensive game, but offensively was just, he couldn't find a way to impact the game. Yeah. That's the, that's the best way I could, you could put it is you couldn't find a way to impact the game. And the thing that I was thinking about just talking about Jeremy was it wasn't like he tried to force it too much either. Like we've seen earlier in this season. So as I was not surprised, but when I saw that, stat sheet I was like oh yeah that's right he didn't really do much tonight like he didn't necessarily stick out to me you mm-hmm. just didn't really notice him that much which isn't a great thing either but True. you completely covered it uh whenever it comes to the matchup thank you sir I appreciate that no problem no problem big dog little dog right now I lowered myself <laughs> Nazcraz says I think we know what we have in Trey and Zach I want Barlow Barlow Mamu and CD minutes for the rest of the season. Hmm. I think we're going to see more minutes from those guys, just mm-hmm. like we did last year. Um, obviously, CD wasn't on the team, but y'all get what I'm saying. Like the rookies that maybe haven't had minutes. Like I said in our last All Star break recap, or yeah, our All Star break recap, probably, especially with sending Barlow back down too, I think they're probably going to play out the rest of this G League season. And then once it ends, uh, we will start to see them on the team and maybe getting some minutes. But we'll have to see. I think that'll still be probably like at least past the midway point of March, probably. Mm. Um, but now that I think about it, Ethan, when does that, when does, when does the season end? Let's go ahead and check that. Because it's well, the end of April. April. Right, yeah. Okay, well, we go end into the April. second week of April. Okay, yeah. So we'd still have at least a significant amount of time. I know in the past, like seasons have ended literally at the start of April. So when I said that, I was like, wait, maybe it would be a little bit earlier, but that might be a dub there. April 14th, last game of the year. <laughs> it may be, maybe Ethan. <laughs> Our next win is April 14th. <laughs> we will have to see. Um, we kind of talked about we talked about the Mamu, potentially him getting minutes moving forward with Keldon you're pretty confident that he'll mm-hmm. just he'll be back to his normal minutes probably next game. Yeah, I would say so. Is there anything else that we can really take away from this Jazz game, Ethan? Keontae George, I hope we we do something mean to him soon. Oh, I, w- I thought you were going to say, I hope we get him in the future. I like him a lot. He's from Louisville and he, Baylor, former he, Jeremy teammate. Yeah, he, he made me mad early because... Wemby posted up on Taylor Hendricks and tried a couple spins and didn't really get anything. And then uh, I think Taylor Hendricks might have knocked the ball out of bounds, but it was like a good defensive play. So like we're all resetting offense and Keontae George goes, hell yeah, Keontae lock his ass up or something like that. <laughs> or hell yeah, hell yeah, he Trent, said- Taylor, hell yeah, Taylor Hendrick, like talking to Taylor, lock his ass up. And I was like, Keontae game just started. Like I, now all I want is to just destroy you. Just you. Like, I don't even care if we lose. But obviously it didn't happen. He, he actually kind of had a bad game um, t- 
and I efficiency wise, but that that made me mad. When you first said that, I thought he legitimately referred to himself oh, in third no, person. No, no, no. <laughs> I, was be... the, I think he said T. Actually, I think he called him T. Yeah. Was he guarding? I, I I'm blanking. I'm sorry. It's been 42 minutes, and this was a rough game. Did did was that on Wemby? Was he saying that to Wemby? Oh, yes. Or, yeah. Or about Taylor Hendricks guarding Wemby? Yeah, that would have that would have that would have ticked me off too. <laughs> And then Chris Dunn. Oh, I, I only I only hate him because of him and Jeremy got into yeah. it before. But anyway, I want to see a good fight, Jude. I haven't seen a fight in a while on the we Spurs. Were, we haven't got one this season, and I think like earlier in in our predictions, or I'm I think fumbling I said this. Five, didn't I? You said like Zach. You know he's going to get in some fights this year, and we really haven't. I think there was there was like one there was one scuffle, but it wasn't really like a full on fight earlier this year i can't even remember who it was against that's now. why we're losing remember how many times zach fought somebody <laughs> last year and, and we won like i know we didn't win that many more games but we won a few more like that's that's the, that's what's going on that's what's missing absolutely that's if if we fought more ethan we'd be undefeated <laughs> oh, i want to see some blood man oh you know what we haven't talked about last thing i swear okay. and then no we'll, go ahead we'll wrap this up how about my boy Drew Eubanks taking a full-on punch to the mouth from Isaiah Stewart and swallowing it? <laughs> swallowing it. Soft punch. He's right here. He's still on my wall. I've got a signature. There was a that Sharpie that's on my wall right now. It, it touched Drew, you know. Bring back Drew Eubanks. That's Dude, the, my motivation. The Eubanks Barlow front court. Oh, oh boy. Howdy. We would watch every game like... <laughs> With 110% focus <laughs> if they were both playing together. Our two boys? Oh, my goodness. That would be crazy. Speaking of former Spurs, Ethan, Lucas Samanich came in, oh, had yeah. a turnover. We Was he scared? Him. Did Pop scare him still? He might have. <laughs> I'm not even convinced he speaks English yet. <laughs> oh, Lucas Samanich. Will Hardy gave you a chance. If you guys enjoyed the Spurs content tonight, don't forget to hit that like and that subscribe button below. If you want to stay updated with the channel, you can check out our community tab on YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at SSPN on YT, also at Jude McLaren, at Ethan underscore Quintero. And if you want to support the show, and maybe you saw my hat and said, that looks pretty cool, go ahead and check out our merch site. Ethan's got one in the back too. If you want to get yourself a rope cap, you can scan this QR code or you can go to the link in our channel description or the video description below. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us in this doozy of a Spurs season to say the least. We'll still be here and stay tuned to the channel to see when our next post game is or our next live. We'll catch y'all.